Welcome into the Legends Rewind podcast, presented by Hall Sports and Outdoors. I'm Rusty Ellis, and my guest this week is former Smith County basketball star and current Trousdale County head basketball coach, Ryan Sleeper. In this episode, I talked with Coach Sleeper about his career at Smith County, how he got into basketball to begin with, some coaches that made an impact on him, as well as a little bit about his life after high school, which saw him get into coaching, which he didn't expect to do from the jump. Without further ado, once again, here's Ryan Sleeper. All right, Coach Sleeper. So first things first, I know I told you I wasn't going to ask you any terribly hard questions, but uh, this one's had mixed reception to many people I've done this podcast with. What's your first memory of the game of basketball? Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. It's going to be young. It's going to be like kindergarten. Um, or actually, I take it back. Four years old, I asked for a basketball goal. Uh, after watching Michael Jordan, uh, I'm a huge Jordan fan. Okay. Uh, obviously, it's like the hairstyle, same way, you know. <laughs> so, I, uh, I, yeah, I remember that four years old, asked for a goal. I remember going to camps at a young age. I started playing AU in third grade. So, I mean, um, yeah, I, I fell in love quick. It was young age. I think it was four. I remember having my first goal, though. Okay. So, it was all based around a birthday gift. And now, look at you now. You're a coach at a high school. Yeah, my whole life kind of centered around that. You know, I, I, basketball was my thing from from then on. And so, yeah, it, it's just – I, I kind of let go of basketball after high school. Um, for a while, I, I, I didn't – I quit playing for about two, three, four years, and I kind of just went working, did other things, and then uh, helped one of my buddies, uh, got a job here coaching. He said, hey, you want to help? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll help. And then as soon as I got back into practice, I was like, all right, I know where I need to be. So that's when I decided to – yeah, that's when I decided to become a coach. <laughs> so you mentioned watching a lot of Michael Jordan growing up. I'm assuming he's your GOAT then, right? He's my GOAT. And I argue with, <laughs> with these players here about him and LeBron. And, and I like LeBron. It's just I grew up Jordan, and he yeah. never let me down. So, I, yeah, it, that's, my, that's my man. Wore 23, did everything. So Jordan's my dude. <laughs> So, were there any other players you really loved watching play when you were growing up? Um, him, you know, Kobe. Kobe Bryant was big okay. after Jordan. I kind of piggybacked on. They're kind of like the same guy almost. You know, mm-hmm. I piggybacked off him. Um, and but yeah, me and LeBron are actually the same age. And so, you know, <laughs> it was neat being it was neat being in school and and seeing him on ESPN and doing that stuff. Like he, you know, he's incredible. You know, be able to live up to that kind of hype. Uh, that he had you know I've never seen somebody with that much hype and actually live up to it so mm-hmm. uh, he, he was cool to grow up with and watch as well so basketball for a lot of people around here a lot of it for a lot of people it's a family affair was that the case for you did you grow up in a big basketball family uh well funny story my dad well we're not originally from here I was born in Minnesota that's where my dad's from okay. my mom's from Missouri uh yeah so we just kind of settled here out of nowhere uh but after I fell in love with it, my dad was a big football guy. I mean, I played all sports growing mm-hmm. up, but basketball was my main. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're – uh, me and my, my – I got two younger sisters, and both of them took up right after me. Okay. Uh, we're all 3,000-point all three thousand point scorers. Um, and so, yeah, we, we kind of took basketball and ran with it. Now we want to push it on to our kids too. So. <laughs> so why basketball for you over – you mentioned playing all sports. I'm assuming you probably play a little bit of football, maybe a little bit of baseball. Mm-hmm. Why, why was basketball mm-hmm. ultimately what you chose to pursue going forward? Uh, when I was younger, I mean, if I, would, if I grew up now and now times, I probably would have played all three mm-hmm. – um, 
you know, all the way through high school. But when I was in school, it seemed to be the, the trend was to specialize in a sport, you know, mm-hmm. pick one sport and play that year round and specialize in it. And so that's pretty much what I did. And I, I, um, I went to a really small school in eighth grade and we kind of won a state championship there at the young age. And so I, I kind of, it just kind of latched to me. And it was always my favorite cause it was really fast paced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like fast paced stuff. And so, um, like I said, I grew up playing everything, but that's kind of what the trend was specialized. And that's kind of what I would specialize into, you know, looking back now, you know, I was about the same size I was in eighth grade. I was about six foot tall. I was dominant in eighth grade, you know, but <laughs> if I would have known I was never going to grow again, I probably would have uh, probably chosen played every sport, but it, you know, it's just my love. That's, that's, you know, I just, I love that sport. That's just how I went with it. So you bring up something that's actually a really interesting topic of discussion around high school sports today, and that's the idea of kids playing multiple sports. Do, do you find – is because a lot of people say, well, specialize so that, that way one sport doesn't take away from another. Do you think that's really even a problem, though? Because a lot of people that I see, it, I don't really feel like it detracts from any sport. I feel like each sport can help out the other sports in a way. Do you think that's the case? Yeah, I, I do. And it's definitely a selling point I have to make here. You know, it's mm-hmm. Travis County is football – is king you know it's like religion here and so you know one of my selling points is that you know multi-sport athletes you know and uh, uh I, I do i think it helps out you know uh, if you're a stud athlete or a stud player you're going to be a stud regardless you know it don't matter you know if you play another sport or not you're still going to excel and so you know he I, I use that selling point and you know i use uh, my one of my best friends is the oc at tennessee tech now wesley satterfield and he he told me all the all the big college coaches they all say we look for multi-sport athletes you know so i just kind of preach that piggyback off that and i agree you know it, it teaches you to compete you know and to me uh if if you go you know, if you don't play a sport and you have that dead time, that's tend to see when you see kids get in trouble, they fall off, they, you know, they, I like to keep kids busy, you know, so, and, and another thing I tell them, you're only young once, you know, you only get this little bit of window to do things that you love and you enjoy, and if you love playing it, I say play it all, you know, mm-hmm. and so I appreciate to my own, I got two boys, and I appreciate to them too, I was like, you play what you love, I don't care, play every sport, and just enjoy it uh, while you can. So when did you begin playing organized basketball then? You said you obviously – your first memory was at the age of four was when you asked for a goal. When did you start playing yeah. uh, organized ball? All right, so I, I played AU at 11 in the third grade okay. uh, for Trey Sanders. Trey Sanders, that's when I first met him. Okay. And that's uh, when I first met his son, John. I was in third grade. I played for him AU. And then, funny story, I went to a very, very small school. Mm-hmm. It was in Smith County. It's, it was called Pleasant Shade. It's not open anymore. K through eighth grade, you had about 60 kids total in the whole school. Wow. That's it. And so, yeah. And so I got to play middle school basketball in fourth grade. They started in fourth there, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. I got five years of playing, playing. Oh, I graduated eighth grade with eight kids, four boys, four girls. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we were very small, but we ended up winning state. And so, I mean, I, I tribute to that to playing at such a young age. So, yeah, I got to play organized ball a lot earlier than most people uh, due to a, a small school setting, very small. <laughs> what do you think are some of the positives to playing in a small school setting? Because I think that especially nowadays you look at high schools that are bigger, kids love to maybe go to bigger schools where maybe they've mm-hmm. got a ch- better chance to be seen. But I feel like from a development standpoint, there's a lot of positives to playing at a smaller school. What, what do you think some of the positives are? Yeah, I, I definitely think that. Well, one, I think uh, small school, you get more put on, you know, more put on you if you're a good player. 
So, you know, if you went to, you know, if you're a good player, single A, you went to a 3A school, you know, you may be sitting the bench. You may not have as much on you. Now, you're still part of the team. You're still doing that. But you will be forced to kind of develop uh, more skill because you have more responsibility. You know, hey, you're going to have to score, rebound, and play defense. And you go to a big school, they just may say, hey, you're going to be like a de defensive guy. You know, you just worry about that. You know, so I think it definitely can, can help you expand. But at the same time, you know, it can flip-flop the other way too, you know, uh, there's more competition at bigger schools. It kind of pushes you. Mm -hmm. I try to tell my kids here at Trousdale, you know, hey, don't be, you know, the big fish in the small pond attitude. You know, just because you're good here, mm -hmm. you ain't nothing if we go play Lebanon or Gallatin or, you know, somebody big. And so um, that's just kind of mentality. I try to teach them, you know, hey, there's always somebody better. You got to keep working. Mm -hmm. So do you think there was a part of the game of basketball that came more naturally to you than any other aspect of it? Or were you more of an all around, like, I, I would, I want to be good at everything. Yeah. I, I, people that know me, Smith County, they, they'd laugh at this. They'd probably say, you know, <laughs> the thing that come, thing that come natural to me was shooting. I was, I'm not saying I was, I was great, but I, I was kind of like a Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Yes, I would shoot. <laughs> I, love I would shoot. Yeah. As soon as I crossed half court, I would let that thing fly, you know? And so <laughs> my, my coaches would yell at me all the time. And if I hit it, you know, they'd always be like, Oh, good shot. Good shot. You know, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, offensively always came pretty easy to me. Passing, seeing the floor, scoring, it was like second nature almost. I, I don't know. Something I really had to work on uh, developing was defense. And I remember my coaches always would hammer me, you know, you're a one-trick pony, blah, blah, blah. And my senior year, I worked hard enough where I made, you know, the all-district defensive team and stuff like that. So, you know, I ended up being a, a pretty good two-way player. But I was definitely more offensively uh, minded uh, growing up. <laughs> Steph Curry before Steph Curry. I love that. Um, but yeah. so talk about – so it sounds like you were probably a favorite among some of your coaches then if you were pulling up the way you're talking. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. I remember I remember a, a game we had a Christmas tournament, Pigeon Forge, and uh, Trey Sanders was my coach in high school too, my junior okay. senior year. And uh, we're playing Pigeon Forge, and I'm in warm-ups, and I'm hitting everything. And I'm like, oh, it's on – and so right off the tip, they tip it back to me, and I'm still in the circle at half court, and I just shoot it because I'm like, I'm feeling it so much. I just want to kind of, you know, get the game popped off. And I remember Coach Trey yelled at me as soon as it let go, Sleeper, what are you doing? And it goes in. He's like, good shot, good shot. And I, kinda <laughs> bat, and I, I knew, you know, I could kind of tell at the beginning if it was going to be a good night or not. <laughs> so talk a little bit about, about Coach Trey Sanders because, I, I mean, I'm assuming, obviously, when you have the kind of career at Smith County that you had, I'm sure he played a big role in helping you learn more and, and grow as a player. How much of an impact did he make on you? Huge, huge. You know, like I said, he coached me in third grade, AAU, my first AAU team. Uh, my, I think my seventh and eighth grade year, he, he was our middle school coach. It was his first job uh, outside of AAU. And I know, I know I, we won the state as, and, and I was in eighth grade and it kind of piggybacked him get a high school job and then uh you know he his first high school job was with me as a junior so we kind of grew up together you know me and him were kind of tied together through through his you know moving up to high school and so you know he he taught me a lot you know and, and he was always one of the highest moral guys I've ever known you know great guy uh taught me more about life than basketball you know how to act as a man how to do that and, that, and that's special to me you know I look back I don't think as much about the basketball stuff as I thought that, you know, he really tried to make me a better person. That stuck with me a ton. And so I, I look at him with the highest admiration of anybody, you know, because because we grew up together. And so uh, anytime we face off, it's it's fun. I love competing against him. And 
and uh, I like beating them more than losing to them. But uh, it's it's bit it's it's you know it's really fun you know coaching against your old coach like that and and just the memories you have together and and, and that's special. So yeah, I, I definitely look at him as like a second father figure, and and uh, it, it, it was, I was just lucky to have somebody like that as a good Christian moral person for me. Was that something that you maybe modeled your coaching style after a little bit? You know, letting your players know that you know it's more it's about more than just the game of basketball. It's about learning as an adult and growing as a young adult as well. Yeah, definitely something I took I took with with me. I, I'm I'm I would definitely say I'm more cutthroat than he is, a little more intense <laughs> uh, about winning than losing. Uh, but I definitely take that aspect too because I, I take these kids. You know, we go do stuff outside of basketball, and I, I try to show them. You know, um, you know, you can be successful. You know, you, even if you have a bad background, and, and if you have stuff going on, I'm always there for them. They know that. So, yeah, I definitely the moral side of it. I think our whole society needs more of that. We need more leaders in schools and, and teaching these kids. You know, more moral standings than, than ever uh, now. But yeah, it's definitely one of my big big things I try to preach to them is, you know, it, I'm fine with you being a, a good bass player, basketball player is what I want, but I want you to be a great student. I want you to be a great person. You know, all that stuff goes hand in hand together. So you mentioned the successful middle school, your career had, you career you had uh, <laughs> talk about your transition to high school. How much of an mm -hmm. adjustment was there for you from the middle school game to the <clears throat> high school game? Huge, huge adjustment. The speed difference is, is massive, you know, and I, I, I always, I can see that with kids coming in now that I'm coaching too, which is, um, you know, that jump from eighth grade to freshman year and seeing playing against instead of playing against 11, 10, 12 year olds, you're playing against 18 year olds, mm -hmm. uh, huge difference. And so that is, uh, you know, you, you I always tell them, don't get frustrated. It, it takes a while to just that speed. It took me, I didn't play a bit hardly my freshman year and I was you know I was I was a pretty darn good player I didn't play a bit didn't score a point my freshman year played a lot of JV took a lot of learning I had Rick Spivey as my coach my freshman sophomore year he did a great job pushing me to be a better player uh but that that freshman year was a good learning I remember uh he threw me in a varsity game first scrimmage coming out of eighth grade at summer camp and I he, he did that for a reason to show me that hey you know you got a long way to go and so yeah I, I was I knew inside, I was like, I got a lot of work to do, but it, it pushed me. I, I like that. I like to be pushed. I like to know there's people above me, give me a goal to sit, sit on. And so uh, that's what I did. You know, I went to work and ended up starting, you know, the rest of three years, all district player, all the rest of three years. But it, it definitely helped uh, taking that year to learn that. So tell me, how, how important is finding a way or finding some – just finding some way to maintain confidence when a young player goes through something like that, where they've had a good middle school career, they don't get a lot of playing time their freshman mm -hmm. year. How, like, how important is it to find some avenue to create some confidence for that kind of a player so that they don't just quit? Yeah, it's, it's you gotta, you know, that's what's important about JV games and stuff like that. Um, you know, give them a, a moment to see what they look like on their playing field, you know, with kids their age and stuff like that and skill level. And you got, like I tell every kid, uh, confidence, it, it's really hard for somebody to give you confidence. Confidence comes from within, comes from you. So, and, and I always told them what made me confident was knowing the work I put in. You know, hard workers, people that put in the work, they know they deserve 
you know, they're going to reap good rewards with that. And so, you know, if the only time a player to me isn't confident is when they know they haven't worked as hard as they should have. And they know that moment's too big for them. So, yeah, to me, I always, you know, I, I was a basketball junkie. I was in that gym all the time. And so it, it didn't bother me. You know, I knew I had to earn my way up. And so I was still confident all the way through. But that's why I tell kids I'm like, I was that way because I practice all the time. You know, if you get defeated because you ain't playing and you just don't practice, it ain't going to change for you. You know, you got to make it happen. You got to, you know, put some responsibility on yourself uh, to get better. And so that's another thing I try to teach these kids is self-responsibility. You can't blame others. You can't blame coach. You can't blame other players. Look at yourself, get better, and then see what happens. So who were some players and some teammates that you had that, that helped you when you first got to the high school level that pushed you to be mm-hmm. even better? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll tell you, players on my own team, I had to, Two guy two years above me, Adam Huff pushed me a lot. We're both guards. He he never let let it easy on me. But the district I played in, man, they were some talented players uh, all over. You know, we played Jackson County was loaded back then, and, and York was always loaded. And Cannon had two good years. Upperman was always really good too. So it, it, all the players around there pushed me as well. Like uh, uh, I remember the guy was in my grade. Two of them, uh, Jackson County was Joseph Meadows. And then um, um, at York was Travis Tate. And both of them got a lot of playing time early as freshmen. I remember Joseph Meadows dunked on us as a freshman. So that was something I looked at and I was like, hey, you know, these are dudes on my level. I've got to get better than them. You know, I got to get on their level. So it was good to just everybody around that whole environment. I was a pretty competitive person anyway. So um, I, I, I tell my team too, you know, you got to find ways to motivate yourself, whatever it is, you know, it's other people, you know, if it's a girl, whatever it is, you know, find a way to get yourself motivated and, 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 and push yourself. Cause you're going to have to be pushed if you want to be good. So what was the transition like then from freshman to sophomore year? You mentioned that's when you started seeing more playing time and that's obviously where your career took off. Uh, what was, what was kind of that transition period like though? Cause I'm, I'm sure that it, you know, was probably, you know, you didn't get a lot of playing time. And then all of a sudden your sophomore year, it sounds like you were relied upon pretty heavily. Yeah, I I came in. I remember summer camp, you know, I started every game. Uh, and uh, the first game of the season, um, uh, Coach Bobby didn't start me. You know, I started all thing. And I just another thing he tried to use to motivate me. And I remember it uh, started off rough. My, my sophomore year, we played Westmoreland. <laughs> And Westmoreland was like 29 and three that year. They went to state. They were a great defensive team. Mm-hmm. And I remember I started like 0 for 10 shoot. You know, I was struggling. And my coach, he just looked at me and said, You're going to have to be a scorer this year. You just keep shooting. And I ended up finally hitting some shots. But after that one game, I didn't start. I started the rest of the time. And so um, I don't know. Like I said, it, it, the confidence for me uh, came from my hard work, you know. And, and I, I think the, the team, at that time, we were pretty close, and they did a good – like, they didn't shy away from it. They knew. They were like, hey, sleeper, you know, you're younger, but you're going to have to score, you know. So, I ended up being uh, second on the team to score in that year. Adam Huff was our best player. That guy I talked about that pushed me, but mm-hmm. uh, he was a senior. I was a sophomore. I averaged about 15 a game as a sophomore. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it, it was – it was it was uh, like I said, that whole freshman year for me was a big learning period. But as soon as I got that – you know, that role. And so I got playing time. I was ready to take off. You know, he didn't tell me twice. I was ready to go. But uh, yeah, that's how it went. So let's talk about that district a little bit, because you bring it up, obviously, uh, just a ton of talented, talented programs in that district. Who are some of your favorite teams to go up against and some matchups that you really look forward to? 
Uh, the one that I never really figured out, I think I only beat him once or twice in high school was Upperman. And of course, okay. Upperman's always, always mm-hmm. still really good. Uh, they had some guards in. They had uh, uh, Todd Clinton was really good. Wes Shanks, who's, you know, mm-hmm. the, the baseball yeah. coach. I mean, he, he was a really good athlete. Uh, Asbury, who, who I think coaches there, Upperman still. And so uh, they had some guards that were just outstanding. And I knew – you know, going uh, being a guard myself, going against him, I was always going to be pushed, and so and 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 so they it was that was a fun matchup. Um, York made the state like twice when I was in school. They're always that they everybody that whole district. You know, they they all just bleed basketball. Livingston was um, good back then. DeKalb, I, I can name Cannon County had good years. Like it was incredible talent in that Upper Cumberland area, and so uh, that's another good thing I liked. You know, coming to Trousdale and. I know I got through in that district uh, my first four years with, you know, Clay and picking all them. And I loved it because that's the teams I grew up with, you know, and, and I knew the talent, you know, the level, and these are all basketball driven schools. And so I wanted that, you know, I, I love that challenge. And that's why I love growing up playing. And that's why, you know, I try to, I try to uh, schedule all those teams that I, that I played against. Cause I think it's fun and mm-hmm. just familiar with me, you know, and, and, uh, but man, the, the talent in Oprah Coleman's always been there for basketball. It's just, it's incredible. Talk about the atmosphere in those gyms, too, because some of the gyms you're talking about, even at the 1A level with, like, Clay, Pickett, Clark, Range, these are some <laughs> tough gyms to have to go into and oh, play in. Man. Um, like, talk about the atmosphere, especially, like, you know, York, Upperman, DeKalb. Yeah. Like, the, you mentioned these are areas that are that just bleed basketball. They love it. Talk about playing no. in those kind of atmospheres. Oh, it's, it's incredible. You know, I, I as a player um, – Upperman was probably the most hostile. They had a dude in the crowd. I think he's still there. Like when I listen to games on NFHS or seen on TV, I still hear this dude yelling. I'm like, that's got to be the same guy. He's so loud. <laughs> it probably uh, is. It probably oh, is. But but as a coach, tell you, Pickett County is probably the hardest gym yeah. to win at I've ever been at. And I remember my first year coaching here. Um, we played them first round of the district. It was a satellite game. They were really good at this Abbott kid that could shoot threes from anywhere, and they're they're killing us. They're being by 30. And it's about the third quarter. And I just go down to the end of the bench. You know, it's my first year of coaching. I'm taking mm-hmm. it pretty hard and put my head in my hands. And I hear a little boy, he's about eight years old. <laughs> and he's like, What's wrong, Mr. Clean? Can't coach him up. And I look back and I was like, Who is this kid talking to me? Like their crowd is relentless. Kids are that's, talking that's junk. Tough. And it's, oh man, I was like, dude, this is ruthless. This is hardcore. Uh, but like I said, I, I mean, it, it, they're basketball schools, you know, and that's what they live for. You know, you go to these schools, it's like being in a Hoosiers movie, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's neat, you know, and I, again, I, I, in the moment, I don't like that, but looking back, I'm like, man, it's pretty cool getting to go to these gyms and compete like that. So, uh, yeah, Pickett County to me is, is by far the most hostile crowd I've ever been in. <laughs> so, Going back to your playing career a little bit, when you look at like your your junior, your senior year, as you become that upperclassman, that leader, what were some of your favorite memories from those two years? Man, um, my junior year, we had a we had a really good really good team, and we had some bad luck with injuries, you know, down the stretch. And I really took on a big, like you said, I became upperclassman, took on a pretty big leadership role. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite memories is is they weren't in our district but competing against Portland and looking back now I didn't know back then but I, Corey Brewer was right you know he's a year younger oh, yeah. than me, so I competed against him Florida, yeah. yeah yeah I competed against him every year uh funny story we actually beat them every year until my senior <laughs> year and he was a junior 
And then that's when he really started blossoming. He was a different beast. Uh, yeah. My senior year, I think we were ranked – we played him in the narrow white championship. They were ranked like second in the state. We were ranked like seventh. And it was a, it was an awesome atmosphere. That whole Macon County gym was packed all the way around. Mm -hmm. And 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 they, they won by like 15. Brewers showed out. I was like, man, that dude is good. He's he's really good. But, um, yeah, yeah, matchups like that, just like I said, with, with uh, dudes I, I played with around my age, like Travis Tate at York, it was always fun battling him. I remember my sophomore year, uh, he stole the ball and dunked on us last second, put us out of the tournament. And, and I remember my, my senior year uh, against him, I, I had the school's first ever triple-double, and we won at their place. Like, it's just neat going back and, like, seeing those guys and talking to them. Be like, hey, you remember that game? And they remember stuff that mm -hmm. you don't. And so, um, you know, it's just – and being at Smith County, the biggest rival is, is Goresville still, that little inter-county yeah. rivalry they got. And those games were always – I never lost to Goresville. And and now <laughs> it, it's funny because I, I took that with pride, you know, a huge rivalry. I never lost to him. And now as a coach out of my – oh, this will be my six-year coming up. So out of five years, Gornsville has put me out twice already out of the mm. tournament. No, no, three times. Sorry, three times. Okay. Three times out of five years, Gornsville has put me out. So I'm like, man, they're paying me back for my playing days. I've got to get back on top <laughs> of these guys. I, I still – it bothers me losing the Gornsville still to this day. But – uh, they put us out last year and, and two years before that and a year before that. So I, I got to get Gornsville back. They're on my, my list right now. <laughs> <laughs> so what did, what did life after high school look like for you after you graduated mm -hmm. from Smith County? Well, I, I had a few offers. Um, mm -hmm. Nobody in my family had been to college yet. I didn't understand the whole process. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I, 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 I thought I was which, looking back now, I was a six foot tall guard, you know, how many offers you going to get, you know, you got to take what you get. I didn't think like that at the time. I thought I was as, as any high level D one guy, again, I was pretty confident and, mm -hmm. you know, I could compete with him, but if you look on a day to day, like NTSU's coach looked at me, he told me, he's like, son, I like you, but I can get a six, six kid that can do the same thing you can, mm -hmm. you know, and he's six inches bigger. So I understand that now that I'm older, but after high school, I uh, went in the military, uh, Air Force, okay. uh, for a little bit, and then and then I, I got out, and I just like I said, I just went to work. You know, I worked at a mine, I worked at a nursing home. I was just trying to find my niche. I mm -hmm. uh, didn't know what I wanted to do. Kind of kind of drifted, and and I went through some years where you know you just you know didn't have nothing to do, and so I'm just kind of just not doing anything. And and then like I said, one of my best friends, uh, Daniel Kemp, uh, he got the middle school job, Trousdale, and he said, hey. You, want to help me coach and I was like yeah I'll help you a little bit but as soon as I got in that gym I knew I was like oh man I've missed this and so as soon as that first day I helped him I, I applied to school I went back to school and, and and got my degree and got out come back here uh my wife's from Hartsville so uh okay. it's kind of where I've kind of where I've been having to had to settle you know but I, I love this area uh but I got a job here and started helping coaching and I helped coach about uh, three years assistant coach here and then got the head job you know so mm -hmm. um, but yeah like I said I took a few years away from basketball just trying to mm -hmm. find you know something that would that would suit me and I should have known all along it's the uh, one thing I've been doing <laughs> since I was little you know basketball but it, yeah I'm, I'm people always talk about you know making money blah, blah blah and there's no amount of money that I would want just to do this right here like I just love what I do it's not about money for me and so uh, I'm just happy and I can tell kids you know don't do anything for money find what you love and pursue it because that's that's where you're gonna be the happiest 
So I was going to ask if coaching was ever on your radar, but it sounds like it really wasn't until this opportunity came along. Was that the case? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't even think about it after school. Like I said, I was still in the mind frame of, of being a player and I, I played like on a, um, out of school, you know, I went and played mm-hmm. against uh, gyms and I, I was better than some of the college players. And it made me mad that I didn't, you know, get those opportunities, but mm-hmm. I, I played like on the, they used to have a, a hoop it up three on three tournament. And I remember mm-hmm. we won the Nashville district and we were ranked, ranked like in the nation. So I still played some basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I just kind of just stopped for about three or four years. And like I said, I was working in, in military and different stuff. And, and I just kind of got away from it and, and didn't realize how much I missed it. You know, didn't realize how much that meant to me, uh, that sport. And so, like I said, as soon as my buddy asked me to help and I got in the gym again, I just knew, I just instantly, I was like, Oh yeah, this is it. This is what I need. So yeah, uh, coaching and teaching never really crossed my mind either. Cause again, mm-hmm. no, nobody in my family, I'm the first person to graduate from college. And so, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't something that was even in my head, you know, go to college, you know? So, um, you know, and, that, and that's why I tell kids too here, you know, I came up from nothing too. you know, it, you can go to college, you can do whatever you want to do. Just, you just got to do it, you know? So that's what I did. You know, as soon as I got back in that gym, I was like, all right, that's what I want to do coach. And, and I just, I just pursued it full go. So I have, I have to ask then, cause you have a, obviously great experience as a player. And now you've got some experience as a coach. Is there any aspect of the game of basketball or really any aspect of leadership period that has maybe changed a little bit from you now that you have a coaching perspective and a playing perspective? Um, yeah, I, uh, well, I don't know if I could ever coach the kind of player that I was, you know, somebody's <laughs> going to shoot some half court in the middle of the game. I would absolutely lose it on one of my kids if they did that, but, you uh, him right away, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, well, if he hit it, I probably get a little more leeway, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say, uh, discipline for me is the biggest thing. Um, I, I, I would, I mean, I wouldn't outlandish or nothing but I wasn't a very disciplined player uh per se and so um that's the big thing I've tried to do here because when I before I took this program over it was you know I'm not saying we're great yet we're we're getting there but it was it was just a hobby for these kids they were just out there and they'd act fools during the game I mean technicals every game it was just sloppy and so uh, that was the first thing I did, you know, is I was like, hey, you know, I ain't going to let this be an undisciplined team. You know, we're going to we're going to get there. And so that was the main thing was building that foundation of character, uh, discipline. And now I'm kind of in that phase where we got that down. And now we got to start working on skill building and IQ and all that kind of stuff, because, again, we play in this region and these kids in this region grow up playing basketball, you know, kids at this school grow up playing football, you know, so we're already behind the eight ball. And that's something I've been very involved with the youth here. I coached the fourth, fifth, sixth grade. The last two years I've coached seventh and eighth grade too in the high mm-hmm. school. So I've tried to really build it from the ground up uh, all the way around. So um, that, you know, that's something I'm just trying to do right now. We're in that transition phase where I'm trying to do skills because we got the foundation of discipline and character. We're just working on the skill stuff and IQ stuff, getting caught up to all these great teams around here. You know, that's the goal. So you mentioned all that coaching. Do you ever have a second to breathe, or is it just basketball, basketball, basketball mm-hmm. year-round? Well, it's it's basketball, basketball, basketball. And I got twin boys who are nine. Okay. So I, I coach their youth football. That's about to start up Monday. <laughs> I coach their baseball team in the spring. So, I mean, I'm coaching nonstop. My wife's always like, when are you just going to stop coaching? I'm like, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do with, with that, that free time. And so, yeah, I'm a very competitive person. Uh, I've got to be competing all the time. And she hates that too. Like I'll compete. <laughs> 
in something stupid like eating food the quickest, you know, I'd be like, I'm done, <laughs> beat you, you know. Uh, I play, you know, my kids, uh, my basketball boys love it because I play a lot of video games, you know. I I just I got to be competing, you know. I'm like, hey, let's get on Call of Duty. I'll show you what's up, you know. So <laughs> I, I, I like to compete, you know, something I just – that's what makes me tick. And so coaching helps out, and, you know, I got my own two boys. They love to compete too, so it just fits right in. So it's, it's fun. So, but, I, yeah, I do a lot of coaching. So you mentioned your first couple of years being in that 1A district, obviously with Pickett, with Clay, with Clark Range. I know I'm going to miss somebody in there. But uh, talk. how much as a coach does that help you to improve and help your team improve when you're going against some of the best that that classification has every single night? Oh, man, let me tell you that. You know, my first four years were there. And I my first year, I thought I knew basketball. I did. I thought I knew as much as them guys. And when I got in – first few games in the district, I was like, oh, my goodness, you know. You know, of course, you know, you got Rob Edwards speaks for himself, you know, Aminette, Adam West at Monterey, mm-hmm. um, Rodney Powell's at Clark Range, KT at Jackson. I mean, these are just, like, legendary guys that know so much. And and I, I told them when we left that district, I was like, guys, I just want to appreciate what you did because you really opened my eyes and you pushed me. And, yeah, I feel like I grew – twofold in those four years and and it was just great to you know they would call you know call me and talk to me about other teams and I could kind of dig their brains about how they did stuff or how they prepare and, and they were open and and all of them were just so good to me and I yeah I, I really I couldn't everybody was like man you got put in a really tough district I was like I did and I think it was the best district in in single a in any small school basketball but I tell you what I couldn't have picked a better atmosphere to learn in and grow in and it, it did wonders for me as a coach and I was really thankful for those years even though I had to take some some butt whipping sometimes but it, it did I I really appreciate just being around all those great coaches and learning from them I feel like the most like the most the thing I point to the most I talk about how ridiculous that district was is that I remember, I think this was two years ago in the region tournament, the semifinals featured Clay, Pickett, and Monterey. All of them were ranked in the top ten, I think, and one of them had to have their season in. I I don't think it's possible to put into words how crazy that district was. Yeah, it was nuts, you know, and and we've seen it especially, you know, just grow into, you know, last year I was in there with Clay winning the state, Pickett County was in the final four. I mean, Monterey had their best team ever during them years. It was just incredible basketball every night. And it helped it helped my team too, you know, because mm-hmm. we're we're really athletic, but again, we're behind skill-wise and IQ-wise. And man, just just playing those teams night in, night out. I mean, it, it made us a ton better. And um, you know, I I must have like a golden touch right now. I don't know, because we we had, you know, last time I was in the district, Clay won. And I moved districts, and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll have some games to breathe. And then we get in the district with East Robertson, and they win state. So I'm like, man, everybody <laughs> get there, uh, win state championships, maybe they'll rub off on me someday. I don't know. But, yeah, it, that district, though, for them first four years was just awesome. I, I great basketball, great atmospheres, and great learning for me and, and our, our program. So who is the toughest player you've had to coach against? Because you've got some really good options there by the sound of yeah. the So the Aminettes. Grant Strong mm-hmm. at East Robertson. They obviously had Taylor Groves. Who who was the toughest yeah. player to kind of game plan for as a coach? Um, I would say toughest would be Strong, just because he did everything so well at each level. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could score at the rim. He could score mid range. He could score three. You know, um, Taylor was very similar. Taylor Groves similar to to Strong to me. Uh, he could except I think he was more dependent on the three point shot, but I mean he could he could light it up. And yeah. when he went, he he was athletic as anybody I've I've ever coached against. 
Um, the Ammonites were tough too because you got two of them, you know, and they, yep. <laughs> and Pickett's always, man, they're, they're so smart and all and could shoot so much. I remember I would get so frustrated because they were never, well, my first year I was coaching, they were pretty big, but ever since like the MNS got bigger, like they weren't very tall, you know, we were always a lot bigger than them, but they were just so fundamental and, and just tough. And I'm like, how are you going to let this little box you out? You know, what's wrong with you? You know, it just, it, and again, it, it's just little things like that, that they do so well. And they've been doing since they were in fourth grade, probably. Um, it, it's good for our guys to play against that and, and get that. But I, I the best player, you know, was two time, you know, Mr. Basketball Grant Strong. He was, he was special. He was special. I remember the best defensive game plan I had was my two years ago. Uh, we played them here, and my two top scorers got sick, couldn't play. And so I played with a bunch of everybody else, and we had this little, you know, different-looking zone. You know, I hadn't seen anybody really running against them, and I tried it and kind of followed Grant around, kind of shaded him the whole time. And I thought we did a really good job. We didn't lose by, like, five or seven. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I bet we did good on Grant. I look back, and Grant still had, like, 32. I'm like, man, this is tough <laughs> to stop that dude. You know, I, you feel like you're doing good on him, but he's still getting his points. And he so, finds a way to end up uh, in the 30 somehow. <laughs> he does, man. Free throws and stuff like that. He's just – he was a special kid, and I knew – I remember him as a freshman. He didn't play much at all, but he played JV a lot. And I remember seeing him thinking, oh, my goodness, this kid's going to be a load. And so, yeah, he's a great kid. I look forward to seeing him at Tech and seeing what he does there. So, Coach, I love to end all of these the same way. So, give some free game real quick to younger generation of athletes who maybe want to have the career you had, get into coaching like you did. What's some advice you'd give the younger generation of athletes? And then what's some advice you'd also go back and you'd give your younger self? Yeah, I I would say nowadays, especially with this climate and the way things are right now with in this generation, um, you ain't gonna you ain't, you're not gonna become great, you know, sitting in a room playing two K. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna do it. You know, you got to go out. You got to work. Um, you can't. You know, if somebody's burying you. You can't blame the coach. You know, you can't blame whoever. You know, I think. Again, we talked about this earlier, but I think self-responsibility and kind of just looking at yourself and being honest with yourself is something that's rare nowadays. For some reason, people like to lie, you know, and think, think, you know, whatever they want to think. But you got to work. Uh, things just ain't going to get handed to you. And, you know, same mentality I have coaching right now. You know, I told I tell the guys, you know, we've made big progress last couple of years. You know, we've done some good things, but we're not there yet. And we got to work. You know, it's not going to get handed to you overnight. Everybody wants this instantaneous success and, and stuff that happened right then, you know, all these little smartphones and everything. So instantaneous, I'm like, it's not, it's, it's progress. It's day-to-day work, you know, working every day. And, um, you know, if, if I looking back, um, you know, if I would look at myself, I would, you know, I would say, you know, um, you know, take what you can get, you know, I wish now looking back, you know, I had like an offer to somewhere like Cumberland side school and stuff like that. Just take it. I could have kept playing the sport I loved in another couple of years, you know, but you know, you, you gotta be realistic with yourself. You know, I wasn't realistic with myself back then either. And that's why I tell these kids, no, be real, you know, know who you are, know what you can do, find your role, become great at it and do the best you can, you know, and at the end of the day, you look back and you always have a fond memory on that. You know, you'll, you'll never have any regrets if you gave it everything you had. The only thing I ever regret in life is times I knew maybe I took shortcuts or didn't try as hard. I look back and that that, that eats, eats at me still, you know, to this day. And so, you know, that's just something I, I would tell them, you know, don't live with any regret just because you didn't work. You know, always put in the work and you'll feel great at the end of it no matter what. Once again, that was former Smith County basketball star and current Trousdale County boys basketball coach, Ryan Sleeper. 
This has been the Legend Rewind Podcast presented by Hall Sports and Outdoors. For UCR, I'm Rusty Ellis.